DC Comics, The Infinite Frontier, Stardate 98753.92. These are the recordings of the podcast, Court of Outlets. Their big mission? To review strange new comics, to seek out new stories and good creative teams, to boldly read what older fans haven't before. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Court of Outlets podcast. I'm Joe, and tonight I am joined by Muse. Hello. And V. Hi. Good news, guys, for all you DC Comics fans. It is the last week of Future State. Finally. We have been trudging along for the past two months trying to find things to cover aside from DC Comics. (laughs) Except for V. Who has actually been reading Future State? Yeah. Because she's crazy. <laughs> Dedicated to my craft. <laughs> Unlike some people. S- somebody likes to watch cringe comp videos. Somebody who just doesn't loves a good like... roast. Okay, first of all, <laughs> who hates roasts? Everyone loves roasts. Everyone loves cringe compilation videos. Depends. Yeah. I get too much secondhand embarrassment from them sometimes, or I'm like, yeah. this isn't even funny, this mm-hmm. is just dumb. Valid. You do have to hit the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, I can't purposely watch bad movies. Unless it's, like, ridiculously bad. Yeah! Like Catwoman. I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> aside from that, like, I cannot go out of my way to watch a bad movie. Like, mm-hmm. anything with Michael Sarah, I will not enjoy it. He didn't even like Scott Pilgrim. <gasps> I didn't, watch, I didn't like Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. I didn't like Nick and Nora. Yeah, I made him watch both. Have you seen Juno? I did not like Juno. He, well, yeah, Juno's not going to save it for him. Oh my god, I love Anything Juno. with Michael Sarah, it just I just do not like. Or the, whoever that director is. Oh, Edgar Wright. Yeah. He doesn't like Edgar Wright. I didn't even know this guy's name. And then V is quizzing me. She's like, oh, well, did you see this movie of his? No. Did you see this movie of his? No. I tried to make him watch Hot Fuzz. He did not like it. I, I, I don't even think I've seen Hot Fuzz, but I've heard good things about it. It's like, you, you gotta and I chuckle watch it. here I'll and make there. You watch it, Muse. Teach his own. And that's, that's Future State. It's uh, a <laughs> Teach own. I will say, though, we got two good gems out of Future State, and that was Future State Catwoman and Future State Batman Superman. Though, both of them were only two issues, and they both kind of fell into that it's a Tomasi thing. Mm. You have a great first issue of a story arc, and then it's just such a quick resolution in the end. Well, if you only have two episodes to sell it, it's going to cause some problems. Yeah, yeah, and, like, I get, like, it's the last week of Future State 2, so, like, I kind of get it, and it's a little bit expected. I don't know. Overall, it just kind of brings the story down for me. Right. Because both of those were, like, five-star first issues. Yeah. Those were great. <laughs> I'm glad you liked them. Oh, my gosh. They were amazing. But, yeah, this is the last week for Future State. We will finally get to cover regular comics again. We don't really know if that's going to be good or bad yet. So that's what we're doing with this episode. I found a couple of the new series that are going to be coming out starting next week for DC. A couple of them are number ones. One of them is a number zero. And then one of them's a regular title that we all know. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be reading the description of all these titles, who's writing them, who's doing the art for them. We're going to see if they are 
worth picking up. And as Musa stated, a lot of people that grew up in like the 70s and 80s reading comics dropped DC Comics altogether during Future State. So I want to see if like any of these sound interesting enough that readers like that would actually come back to DC for. Ooh, a guessing game. All these will be coming out next week, March 3rd. So we're going to start it off with Infinite Frontier number zero. Infinite Frontier is the big main comic that is following Dark Knight's Metal directly after. This is what is going to set up the current DC universe, omniverse, whatever they're trying to call it now. The main DC continuity. <laughs> the non-5G. <laughs> so this is done by various writers and artists. You have Joshua Williamson, James Tinian, Scott Snyder, Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Johns, Alex Maleev is doing art, Howard Porter is doing art, Jorge Jimenez, Todd Nock, mm. David Marquez. Todd Nock! So their description goes, In Gotham City, the Joker jolts citizens awake with an attack even the Dark Knight never expected. In Brazil, a young woman <laughs> discovers her destiny and her connection to the Amazons. In Bel Rev, Amanda Waller plots an invasion of galactic domination... Oh, I'm sorry. An Invasion of Arkham Asylum. That is a completely different story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for that Suicide Squad goes to the moon. <laughs> Suicide Squad CIA version. <laughs> Literally. They just go to assassinate a dictator, but the dictator is actually like... Um, Dark side. Dark side, thank you. <laughs> Harley's just going to use her mallet. Actually, how is that different than the TV show? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Not yeah. much. Anyway. All right, so, so yeah. continue. Amanda Waller plots an invasion of Arkham Asylum. In the far reaches of space, Mongol dreams of galactic domination, while the Green Lantern Corps hosts a summit of its greatest enemies. At huh. the Hall of Justice, the League joins forces with Black Adam. Beyond the mortal world, Wonder Woman settles into a new role in the God Sphere. Because, spoiler alert, for those who did not read Dark Knight's Metal, Wonder Woman sacrificed herself to restore the universe. So she is currently no longer technically alive. She's in a completely different thing. She's ascended to godhood. Yeah. That's, okay, so she, I guess she's not going to be in Justice League Dark anymore. Rip. Well, we don't know because the Wonder Woman title still continues. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so it's it's going to be explained in here, I'm sure. And then somewhere in the DC universe, it's the return of Stargirl in an all-new tale written by Jeff Johns. Aww. Of course he wants to write more Stargirl. <laughs> do you remember, before we get into the Stargirl thing too, do you remember before Future State came out and DC gave a whole bunch of headlines of like, oh, this is just potential futures. It's not necessarily going to connect with DC continuity when comics return in March. This is just a standalone thing. Well, we knew it was a lie at the time. Oh, yeah. We knew, but they're just kind of confirming it here. Now, with Yara Floor, Amanda Waller's got something going on. The Green Lantern Corps' reasoning for whatever was going on in their future state. The Justice League joining with Black Adam, which is to set up Bendis' Justice League title, mm -hmm. which he's going to be doing with David Marquez. I'm really curious about this Wonder Woman Godsphere thing, because I don't know how they're going to be able to work having that 
going on alongside her regular uh, story arc, which I believe is done by Becky Cloonan and Will Conrad. That's who's going to be taking over the run, because as we've all discussed and semi-rejoiced, Mariko Tamaki is off of Wonder Woman and now on Detective Comics. That was short-lived. I will say they did the same thing with uh, Steve Orlando. Steve Orlando got, like, 12 issues, maybe? And then Marco Tamaki took over. If I could defend their decision, Becky Cloonan does seem to have a better voice for Wonder Woman. I still think it's slightly off, though. I can't quite get into it. I don't know if I've really read anything of Becky Cloonan's. I know you have, and I remember you saying that. It's much better on than Marco Tamaki would be. She also wrote the, uh, what is the future state one? The Eternal Wonder Woman? Immortal Wonder Woman. Oh. Okay, she wrote the Immortal Wonder Woman. Okay, so the one that was drawn by Jen Bartel, correct? Yeah, that one, the one yeah. that took place at the literal end of time. Yep. Where Superman is fighting Darkseid into the sun, sacrificing himself. I was tempted to get the Peach Momoko <laughs> cover, and that was about it. Any of this other stuff, I believe the Joker Awakening Citizen stuff, I think that's also the setup for a magistrate thing with Future State. Because uh, I think that was one of the side stories, right? In the next Batman. I didn't read any of it, but it seemed like all the Gotham Bat stuff revolved yeah. around the magistrate. Yeah, the magistrate was a big deal. Maybe not. I hope not. I thought it was really boring. I did like how you read... Wonder Woman's portion. I wish you had like just gone all the way. In Brazil, a young woman <laughs> discovers her destiny and her connection to the Amazon. I couldn't keep the accent up. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just had to think. Bienvenido, Captain Crunch. <laughs> what you got in the Valentine's Day episode? That's the extent of how much I can go. <laughs> Brazil. I like their Guarani Wonder Woman. I think that she's interesting. I think she was a shining star of Future State. She was definitely one of the more uh, popular titles. Yeah, and the nice thing about her was we don't know anything about her, so anything we find out, you know, we're eager for. But unlike maybe um, Blue Jay or Clown Hunter, like the stuff we've been getting is interesting, it's unique. Mm-hmm. There's this weird sort of trend recently where writers think that their characters have to be blank slates so that people can see themselves in them. Like, we have to write someone they can identify with. It's like, no, try making some unique characters that we can follow along and be interested in. Yeah. Because if all your characters are interchangeable, what's the point of even yeah. reading about them? So seeing this Yara Flor running around the Amazon, fighting hydras, riding a Pegasus, <laughs> screaming at helicopters, like, it's interesting. Yeah. And even though I didn't like her very much in uh, Superman Wonder Woman, I thought she was really fun and interesting and unique. In the Joel Jones one, it was I was going to say, really you really liked that one. I loved it. The art was definitely blindsided me, of course. Like, Whenever someone gives me a bunch of bright colors and <laughs> drop-dead gorgeous art, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, what, what were you saying? <laughs> and Joel Jones wrote and did the art for that, yep, uh, that one, Yep, she is right? wildly talented. She's amazing. Yeah, I, like, lost faith in her after Catwoman because the writing really just tanked. But it sounds like there was a miscommunication with the higher-ups from what it sounded like from other writers 
there were some changes in direction that kept Catwoman stranded a little too long oh, right. in mm-hmm. California. So she had to just put filler upon filler upon filler until they took her off of Catwoman. Which is sad. I don't have like confirmation that's entirely rumors, but like that's what I have. So seeing her reinvigorated with a new character who we don't have any predisposed biases towards, it really was fun. I don't really know her backstory. They didn't really explain that much in her uh, future state? Absolutely not. Oh. No, we come in cold. She's wearing uh, a Wonder Woman outfit. She's fighting a Hydra. First of all, there are no Hydras in South American (laughs) mythology that I am aware of. It was kind of a a distinctly European myth as far as I know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she's fighting one and she's riding a Pegasus, which is another thing I'd never heard of in South American mythology. Already we have two strikes. Well, that's all in <laughs> Joel Jones's hands because she's the one that is doing the Yara Flores comic run. They have to do something really creative, like, oh, she's from their pantheon, or she's from back in the day before they became this way, or she's from the future, mm. or she's from the city. And I think she is from the city because she's like in Brazil, worried about situations that are happening in the downtown area. She's savvy enough, and the way she talks is very millennial, yeah. very Cora. She's very headstrong in the kind of strong woman archetype where she's head empty, big she's muscles. all bronze. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. And this is going to be the only adaptation, because remember a while ago there were rumors about a Wonder Girl TV show going on CW, and it was going to be focusing around Yara Floor? That got canceled. Oh, really? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, the woman, I forgot her name, but the one who ever pitched the script to CW, they turned it down, and she's like, it's a real bummer, but what are you going to do? I really worked hard on that. I was really hoping for the best with that. But I think the problem with that is because Yana Flor is just so new, and it would be really confusing to have these two different Mm. tellings of the same new character going on at the same time. Well, you gotta have some sort of canon established. Mm-hmm. You do. Mm-hmm. And it would also be confusing to casual people being like, who is this woman? Is yeah. she Wonder Woman? Like, she's not Wonder Woman. Like, she needs to be more prominent in comics to where casual audiences would maybe know more about her comparatively. Right. Yeah. And the way that they were going about it was that the first season, she was going to be called Wonder Girl. And at the end of the first season, she was going to become Wonder Woman. But now that they're introducing her in this Infinite Frontier, it sounds like she's still going to end up being a Wonder Girl. Perhaps a new sidekick that is going to work alongside Cassie. If we see whatever is going to be going on with her now that Young Justice is over. Or they're just going to sideline Cassie again. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I will say I'm curious about the Joker thing. Joker is getting his own title written by James Tinian. I am very curious about that. I would pick that up. This whole Infinite Frontier thing is obviously just a setup thing. I would pick it up just to see what is going to actually make sense because all these other comics that are coming out tie into Infinite Frontier. So you kind of have to read it in if you want things to make sense. Is it just going to be an issue zero or are there going to be other little tie-in? From all that I've heard so far, they've only been talking about the issue zero. Okay. Overall, I feel like this isn't enough to bring old readers back in. Anybody who's dropped DC. Mm -mm. I'm picking it up just because 
I would like to somehow enjoy the new comics that are coming, and I don't want to just go in completely blank and not understanding anything. I think if you want to have an introduction to your new world, you need to focus on Batman, you need to focus on Superman, and you need to focus on Wonder Woman. The others, definitely important, but like those three, we need to have some sense of stability, some anchor that we can like fall back on and be like, well, at least I know these guys are doing what they always do, you know? Because, like, we're, we're being forced into a lot of new situations. How is this any different than future state? If you're saying, yeah, this is in the present day, but everything's different. Right. It's no good. Also, and- weren't people saying they were sick of Joker during Tinian's run? I don't know. I saw a lot of people like, oh my gosh, enough Joker, please take him away. And now we're like, more Joker. <laughs> I thought it was just because people didn't like him. I think people are just thinking... Joker's been overdone at this point. And I will agree, there are, Joker's just the penultimate Batman villain. And of course, that's what Tinian goes to for like his first major story. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he did such a good job with the story and the voice of Joker. He's yeah. one writer who can do Joker's voice correctly. Like, there are some people mm-hmm. that, as we saw with some of the spinoff, the additional yeah. issues for like Nightwing and Red Hood, Joker didn't sound nearly as convincing as he did in Tinian. So I will say Red Hood did actually sound really good, which is surprising considering who wrote that one. Right. I mean, yeah, and I would really like to get into Green Lantern, so like I would definitely be curious to see what's going on with that. And the Stargirl thing. Yay! Because Jeff Johns was working on the show. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he made Stargirl up based off of his sister, his dead sister. Mm. So she's so connected and important to him. I don't think a Stargirl series would be bad if Jeff Johns could get the issues out on time and not delay it like Shazam was delayed. And Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Though the interesting thing, I'm curious. I have not seen our boy Todd Nock draw interior art for a long time. Well, he's been doing the Gwen Stacy series. Okay, he's been doing that, but he's mostly been a cover artist for a long yeah. time. So I'm interested to see what little bit in this he's doing. Is he doing the Stargirl? Because if he's going to get on to working on the Stargirl series with Jeff Johns, that would be great. I would really love to see that. But yeah, overall, I'm going to pick this up. Just going to peruse through the Justice League section just because I'm not going to be reading Justice League. I have no intention of reading Justice League unless I absolutely have to in terms of, like, an event tie-in. So tell me, Infinite Frontier, Mm -hmm. is this going to be, like, a bunch of short stories and an anthology? From what I've been able to tell, yeah. Okay. It's just setting up all these different things. Here's everything in a nice little condensed baggie. Yeah. And speaking of the rest of the current comics, Batman number 106 finally comes back next week. Uh, Still being written by James Tinian. Art is still going back and forth between Jimenez, Gil March, Tony Daniel. Once again, all these comics are following the events of Infinite Frontier. Batman and his new ally, Ghostmaker... For those of you who were not reading the Batman series, Ghostmaker is another friend of Bruce Wayne's from the past that came back to Gotham. He's just a Hush ripoff. Yeah, he was basically (laughs) Hush doing the things that Bruce Wayne would not do, which is kill in order to bring safety to Gotham City. Ends up now part of the Bat fan. Bruce Wayne's anime cyber samurai buddy. So 
Batman and Ghostmaker must reckon with a new gang operating in Gotham City, but are they connected to the reemergence of the Scarecrow? Meanwhile, shadowy billionaire Simon Saint pitches an advanced law enforcement system to the mayor, which is going to be the magistrate. The creative team behind the epic Joker War returns with a thrill-packed, dangerous new storyline called The Cowardly Lot. Plus, the backup story, Demon or Detective, begins as Damian Wayne is on the run. Because of those of you who did not know or were not aware, Damian stopped being Robin and he went into hiding. And this story is going to be written by Joshua Williamson. Because oh. he's going to be taking over the Robin run in April. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So after everything Damien has gone through, can he escape Gotham and find his way back to where his journey started, his mother Talia al Ghul? And this two-part tale concludes in Detective Comics 1034, when that comes out in March. Not to unpack there. So it's going to be in this one, Detective, and then I'm guessing at that point, be starting his run. I was not happy with the Ghostmaker thing. It seemed like it was going to be this awesome villain character that was going to show up and cause issues. And it resolved way too easily. Yeah. And it made no sense considering everything that they set up. Like, the setup was so interesting. Like, this guy was a mix of Hush and Red Hood, I feel like. It was like yeah. an old friend, misunderstanding, felt that Bruce's way was the wrong way. To be honest, I feel like this ending would have been better if they hashed it out, something happened, and Ghostmaker went on his way and left Gotham alone. Maybe bring him yeah. back in later. It really feels a little too much like my special special OC because of how he's being treated, which is like making batman act out of character extremely i hate that trend of like i'm writing in a backstory of a character you didn't know about but he was there the whole time it's my most hated trope thing it's like how many people can you bring back from the past apparently we're already a part of the origin of said superhero and it's not even like oh we went to class together it's like my rival it was literally (laughs) I, I told you, the G.I. Joe thing. It was Snake Eyes and the... I freak, always forget his name. White Shadow, I think, or something. Yeah. The White Ninja. It's literally the same thing. It I is. It is. G.I. Joe, so I it's can't follow. It's guy dressed in black. He is traveling the world to become a, a better fighter. Basically steps up the ranks. The sensei is like original, like, oh, this is my star pupil. Puts him in his place. Star pupil is upset. Star pupil murders the sensei. And then just constant rivalry for the rest of their life. I think this was Catwoman's origin story in the New 52 as well. She had this whole thing where she joined a clan of cat ninjas by accident. And uh, she outshone the star pupil. He got real angry and wanted to kill her uh, when nobody was looking. And she has to figure out how to stop him without killing him and ruining like her creed. It kind of falls in that trope, but at the same time doesn't, because Bruce hid his identity, and he wasn't upset over the fact that Bruce was better than him. He was upset over the fact that Bruce was this spoiled rich kid and didn't understand the world and didn't understand his struggle, and he was going to get revenge on Bruce for being the person that he apparently swore to take down. You see, that's worse, right? Yeah, it's worse. We were all in the same boat of, like, this Ghostmaker thing was a no-go for me. And when Future State started, I took 
Batman and Wonder Woman out of my pull box mm -hmm. because I didn't want to pick up any of those future state titles. I don't know if I'm ready to put Batman back in that pull box yet. I would say that you've made a good choice, but I am also really curious about Damien. Damien, yes, I am very curious about. I really want to see Joshua Williamson write him. But you can just get all of that in Damien's run. You don't need to read by this. It's nice to see the little backups, though. Like what we got with, uh, all I'm thinking about is, like, Teen Titans when yeah, we had the little Ravager. Yeah. yeah, it's just very quick. So, I'm curious about Damien. I really just want Ghostmaker gone. Yeah. I'll see how this first story arc plays out mm -hmm. with him in the Batfan. Maybe he'll just leave on his own because there's already too many people in the Bat family. There's no reason for Ghostmaker. Like, if he wanted this tech whiz person, I don't know, Tinian, you have a favorite Robin and his name is Tim Drake. Bring him back. <laughs> like, how hard is it to bring Tim back? He's not in anything. Bendis has his hands off of Young Justice. Yeah. You need a tech whiz person who hacks into systems and is good He's at martial arts. Oracle. And already has a good relationship with you. At least Tim is an established character. <laughs> I gotta say, every time he makes a new character, he strikes out. Who do you have? He had Gunsmith, he had Mr. Teeth Guy, Punchline, Ghostmaker, you have Clown Hunter. You have that guy who... Oh, the designer. Planned. Yeah, that guy. And barely any of them have played a role, except yeah. Ghostmaker, Punchline, and Clown Hunter. That's it. And they're so bland. Yeah. I kind of almost want to blame Jimenez for that, though. Really? Jimenez did help with the design of them all. Yeah, because Jimenez is in charge of drawing, and, like, as soon as you realize that his shtick is drawing hot men, <laughs> the rest of it starts to fall apart a little bit. Mm. Including how he drew Joker, by the way. I still haven't forgiven him for that. Oh, uh, that the... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> weird six-pack. <laughs> I just, like, bleached his eyeballs. sexy? <laughs> Why is it sexy Joker time? Please put it away. Jimenez. Uh, <laughs> love a man with a Why? sense of humor. We do, but we, we love the man who wore, like, spats under his, his pants. I did not need to remember that. Thanks remember when me. he pulled up his pants and he was wearing pumps? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joker. I'm curious about this Batman run. I, I don't really want to pick it up. I'm not super excited about it. Mm, I'm probably going to continue, but I'm just a Tinian apologist mm -hmm. over here, so... <laughs> He's, he's a good writer. We're all in agreement. Yeah. It, when they announced the Magistrate stuff in Future State, I was like, oh, it might be because of what we just got with Joker War. Well, congratulations, Muse. Uh, you guessed correctly. <laughs> so I guess we're going to see that boring Magistrate stuff get elaborated but, on. Good news, Muse, because also coming along next week is our favorite crime syndicate. Number one. Oh, no, because this? Because we've been wanting stories of Ultraman and Owlman and Superwoman, and now we're going to get it, he but cry. it's brand new Origins. Oh, no. What? What's wrong they with the They are ones? remaking Earth 3's people because at the end of Death Metal, the universe was restored. All those Earths that Perpetua destroyed are now back. Gotham by Gaslight is back. The one where everybody's a vampire is back. The gender-bent universe is back. Earth-3 is back. Mm -hmm. Now we are getting brand new origins for the crime syndicate. It's a win and a loss because I really do love the old portrayals of Ultraman and Owlman and whatnot. 
But it's a plus because now we can completely retcon that version of Ultraman that was in the Superman comics. Yay! Oh. The one that would sob and treat John Kent trapped in a volcano as a therapist. Yeah. That is now retconned. So that is a win in my book. Yeah, I was just thinking that that. the guy who wrote that is still around. And he's going to ruin everything because they put him on the biggest DC story, Justice League. I don't know who's worse, Bendis or Tom King. They're both up there tied for number one, in my opinion. It's just depression. Yeah. (laughs) Like Ultraman. Yeah, literally. (laughs) <laughs> Why didn't I get Ultraman to Tom Keen? He would love it in the crime syndicate. That would be like his second home. Oh, gosh. They, It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> so crime syndicate is being written by Andy Schmidt. Don't know him. And the art is being done by Brian Hitch, who did the art for Hawkman with Robert Venditti, and Kieran McCone. Their name is familiar. I can't pinpoint where I've seen them in. Yeah. And for the main cover for Crime Syndicate, it's Muse's boy, Jim Jung. So oh. he came over to DC for a little bit to do some covers of supervillains. <laughs> and this one, it's only six issues. Oh my gosh, so it's a miniseries. So can all be able to just breeze right through. I feel like they're going to spend like one issue per character. You get to witness the true origins of the malevolent makers of mayhem. Known as the crime syndicate, as a common foe unites them. So, you know, every hero team up we've ever seen before. <laughs> but how long can an alliance last between villains like these? Also, in this issue, it's the origin of Ultraman and a special backup story drawn by Brian Hitch. So, these backup stories, they're the same as, as we've been seeing in Future State, where it's just like, okay, here's a comic, and now here's a teeny tiny comic at the end right. that you're not going to read. And then there's usually a run that follows it. One criticism I've seen recently, though, is that everybody has to split the proceeds of the book. Like, there's less to go around if you've got more people working Mm -hmm. on one comic and the creator saves money. But I actually don't know how that works. I'm not sure either, to be honest. Like, do you get a bonus for sales? Or is it, like, a flat fee? From what I've heard, the reason they're doing it is to save money. I honestly don't understand it. I don't know if I like it. I don't know either, especially because, like, they just dropped a whole bunch of writers and artists that got laid off. Mm-hmm. Three different times. Then they brought in a bunch of writers and artists for Future State, and just for Future State, and goodbye. Some of them are taking over runs, mm-hmm. but, yeah, for the most part, that's it. They got their paycheck, and they'll call them whenever they need them again. It kind of sounded like it was a tryout period. Yeah. Kind of like a way, like, what was it called? Like the Showcase New Talent or something like that? Yeah, New Talent like Showcase. the New Talent Showcase. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like that. I guess we'll see. I will pick this up. I want to see some Ultraman stuff. I yeah. want to see some Crime Syndicate stuff. The only thing I really had to go off of them is the Justice League Crisis on Two Earths movie, which yeah. is one of my favorite animated movies. That one's so good. It's right up there with Public Enemies for me. Those are two of my favorites. I can watch them time and time again. Honestly, I'm kind of into this idea. Like, if they're going to do a miniseries of the Crime Syndicate, does that mean the following miniseries might be of something else, like Gotham by Gaslight? Or the origin oh. of... Which one was the gender bent? Eleven. Eleven. Or something like that. 
That'd be cool. Slowly explore. That would exploring. be great if they can do one for each of the different Earths. Just to reintroduce them to people. Yeah. Be fun. I think that would be great. And so, also moving along here, we got Suicide Squad number one. A brand new series because Tom Taylor had just written the 12-issue series, I believe. Mm -hmm. And now we are getting a new one by Robbie Thompson. Familiar name. The art is by Eduardo Pensica and Julio Ferreira. Uh, Robbie Thompson is a screenwriter that was on Supernatural. Oh, it was that guy. guy. Oh, gosh. Well... (laughs) GG suicide. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna pick this up anyway for one specific reason. Uh Press F in the chat. Here's the description. Things have changed for Task Force X. As Peacemaker takes over as field leader, because you know they have to hype him up for the James Gunn movie. Mm. Sure. There will be no more avenging or defending for the government's top secret task force of killers, thieves, and criminals. Amanda Waller, now back in control of the squad sends a new squad into Arkham Asylum, which is what we saw in Infinite Frontier, to recruit the deadly Court of Owls assassin, Talon, while she interviews another new candidate, Superboy, Connor Kent. Are you kidding me? This is where, oh. Connor Kent is joining the Suicide Squad. Why? For those of you who did not read Future State Suicide Squad like I, (laughs) he was already in the Suicide Squad. They gave him the buzz hair and a semi-similar 90s outfit, but with a cape. God, this is just worse than Wally. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is bad. (laughs) Why would you do this? This is not worse than Wally, but it's pretty bad. It's really bad. It's bad. You just brought him back. You brought him and all of his friends back. And now you're throwing him in with all the villains? Like, is he going to get one of the bomb chips? Is he a villain now? Like, what's... No! I don't understand. And it drives me crazy. I just got him back. (laughs) And you're throwing him into the fucking Suicide Squad? I mean, is this worse than Bendis, though? It's pretty bad. It's Robbie Thompson. I know nothing of Robbie Thompson. He did something Except for being on Supernatural. Not to mention, they are releasing a new comic called Titans Academy. That is supposed to be pretty much the prelude to the future state Titans Academy that came out that introduced Red X into the comic universe, right? Issue three of this Titans Academy that's coming out, Peacemaker's on the cover, Red X is on the cover, and Superboy is on the cover. They put Connor back in his t-shirt outfit as well, which I'm not for or against, it's whatever to me, because that's mm-hmm. what I grew up, grew up reading him with. Why the Suicide Squad? Okay, so I just looked it up. He wrote for random things for Marvel for a while, but it looks like he was writing for the recent Teen Titans oh. group. And, of course, he did Future State Suicide Squad. I'm not picking this up. I love Connor Kent. I know what he deserves, and it is not being part of the Suicide Squad. I thought you would have been really excited to read him anyways. Fuck no. (laughs) There is no reason for him to be under Amanda Waller's control. He's done nothing wrong. Well, that you know of. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was going to lose his mind again. (laughs) If he was anywhere, he'd be at, like, Belle Belle Rev. Or locked up in the Fortress of Solitude. Pretty much. 
Clark would be like, uh, Bell Rev cannot hold a Kryptonian or even a half Kryptonian. Not only that, he's like, I'm not going to have my family succumb to this. Or I can deal with this. I'm the only one yeah. who can keep him contained. Dude, he can't even keep his wife and son contained. Okay, fair. Okay, that's exactly my other problem about the Bendis things. That is not fair. That is out of character. See, maybe if Bendis had written, or we had gotten a Young Justice run that wasn't written by Bendis, maybe Connor wouldn't have been in this situation with the Suicide Squad. But if it hadn't been for Bendis, maybe he wouldn't be here at all. Yeah, maybe. And he would have just been safely stuck back on preboot Earth, untouched and unsullied. You know what? That's valid, since that would have saved Impulse, too. Yeah. Impulse died like a dog. Yeah, he did. I know. I'm not reading that. No. I'm yeah. reading Infinite. I'll read Batman. But I'll read Crime Syndicate. This last one, too, I'm a little bit excited for. This one mm-hmm. has been teased since October. This is Swamp Thing number one. It's going to be written by Ram V, and the art is going to be done by Mark Perkins. Ram V has already written for Swamp Thing. Aside from Justice League Dark, he also did the anthology that came out in October. I believe he also wrote the Future State Swamp Thing. He did, yes. This one is going to be a 10-issue series, which is a very odd number for DC. Normally, it's either 6 or 12. Right. And it stars Levi Kami as the next Guardian of the Green. So it's a whole new Swamp Thing. Yeah, because old Swamp Thing kind of died in Justice Mm, League Dark. Right, I remember you saying that. This one, unable to control his transformation into Swamp Thing... Levi is thrust into the harsh, unforgiving mystery of grisly murders committed by a supernatural desert legend. Levi must revisit past events into the homeland of India and face the deadly reality of a ravenous new villain in order to comprehend what he is truly and horrifyingly becoming. There it is. First (laughs) new character from India. First lead character. I'm curious. Swamp Thing's always been an interesting character to me. My aunt really loves Swamp Thing, and I never could find any reading material to really read of his. I read one from the 90s. I've told this already. I could not understand it. The slang of the South was just too strong. Mm. Yes, I really don't like when they do that, when they phonetically, like, spell out something. Not only that, like, most of it was in French. Without a translation. He's just one of those characters that, for me, it's like, I didn't see enough of him to really form Mm -hmm. an opinion. Like, I've seen him a couple times in the Justice League Dark issues. I've seen him in maybe one or two movies. I saw him voiced by Mark Hamill in Justice League Action. Yeah, (laughs) that was fun. And I've seen him and did missions for him in the DC Universe Online. That's the extent of Swamp Thing for me. For me, it's those figs, or those yams he would make out of his own body and then feed to people. Oh, right. (laughs) That's weird. I... I only knew that from the Batman Harley Quinn movie. Oh, really? Yeah, they had the yams. Because that's how uh, Ivy was able to transport through the green. That's what made people turn on his girlfriend. Can't remember her name. Oh, yeah. They saw her, like, eating his yams, and they were like, this is messed up. This is some (laughs) abomination nonsense. Uh... We need to end this. Because we don't know what it's called, but it's not kosher. So one of the interesting things is with Swamp Thing, usually when the green takes over and creates a new Swamp Thing, whoever the person was underneath is pretty much gone. It's a bit of like a Hulk kind of situation, but Uh like Bruce Banner's gone forever. 
usually some of the memories can affect Swamp Thing in decisions, mm -hmm. but Swamp Thing is its own entity. It is the green itself. It is a knight of the green that goes out to find whoever will become the Swamp Thing. But the cool thing with this one is it seems like Levi is going to keep some of his consciousness. It's different than like Dr. Fate, where you still kind of converse and can um, make your own decisions as Dr. Fate against Naboo, but like you take it off and you're still yourself. You really can't schluff uh -huh. off the swamp thingness. It's gonna be really interesting. So you'd be picking this up? I think I'm gonna pick it up. I've been picking up my comics every Wednesday after work anyway, so hopefully it should Ooh. be there. Yeah, I forgot to go to the comic shop today. I wanted to pick up that uh, new issue of Black Cat. Mm, I didn't read it yet. This this does seem really good. Also, I'm happy. It's a mini series, so yeah. I won't have to devote <laughs> so much money to it either. But mm -hmm. I didn't pick up his one-shot issue in Future State because it looked so weird. So mm. it was just the art that turned you off? Not no, the just the story just sounded so weird and bananas and off the wall. And I'm like, I'm just, nope. You never heard of this new person at all, Muse? this Levi person in uh, Justice League Dark or whatever? No. Oh. Because what happens in Justice League Dark is Swamp Thing sacrificed himself to protect everyone. Constantine did some kind of juju and brought him back because magic. Kind of, I think he tapped into something that he probably shouldn't have. I can't really remember. Or that's when our new Doctor Fate went to go and scream at some like immortal elemental people and was like, uh, we need help. And they brought him back. I can't remember. It's been a while because it did get kind of stopped because of COVID. So my memory is not as good mm. on that. But he did help, like, Zatanna get closure by finally letting her father go. And at that moment, Swamp Thing kind of, like, disappeared and went off. And Constantine was like, oh. see you later, good friend. So he kind of knew Swamp Thing was going off to go do something. He was trying okay. to get stronger. A bunch. It was just a bunch of crazy stuff. And he is one of the, like, the heavy hitters of the DC Universe, too. Yeah, it's kind of similar to, um, I think it's like Man-Thing in Marvel. Marvel, They're very right. similar concept. <laughs> not doing the run justice, because <laughs> it can be complicated. It is not fresh on my mind. It will be coming back eventually, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I would definitely read, like, suggest reading that, or at least skimming some bits of it to understand what has happened to Swamp mm, Thing. Nice. So... It sounds like I'm reading a majority of like these new ones that are coming out next week. Except Suicide Squad, because it can go in the garbage. What about you, V? I'm like, after Future State, can I just take a break? <laughs> and not watch anything ever again? Nope, because you gotta be here for the weekly show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think she deserves a break after going through... She did it to herself. Okay, fair. Taskmaster over here. <laughs> um, Alright, so if I have to read one of your dumb multiple choices... I don't know. Crime Syndicate sounds interesting. I do like the Elseworlds. I feel like they're safe to play with. I just... I don't like when people fiddle with, with the established canon to the point of breaking it. And I mm -hmm. feel like they've broken it multiple times now. And haven't given it time to heal. Because mm. they've... You know, everybody wants to leave their mark. <laughs> you can't just keep the thing canon. You have to leave some marks so you get a little entry on Wikipedia. But it's just that general stuff where people are like, you know, no offense to Tinian. No offense at all. But it's just, it, it might be fine. Listen, mm -hmm. I love Scarecrow. Yeah. So if we're doing a Scarecrow story, I'm there. I don't like Ghostmaker. I think 
think he should be called the Dream Maker because he puts me to sleep. But... <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's pretty good. Ignore that. No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you pick it up and you say it's above three stars, I'll read it. Okay. You're going to be the... I'll be the judge for you? You're going to be the scout. Okay. Because my opinion doesn't matter. This is clear. <laughs> I'm too biased. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust Muse. Muse, uh, you're self-aware, and I appreciate that about yeah, you. Yeah, that I will say those, those wonderful things about I'm a fangirl on certain things, and I am aware of my fangirl nature, So, and I know that I'm biased on certain things. So, Well, there's a spectrum, and I'm on one side and you're on the other as far as like giving things a chance. And I just am the most critical person, and I, I hate that about myself, but I refuse to change. I feel like it's good aspect, though. Well, I know, because like when I said those two series in Future State, Batman, Superman, and Catwoman were five stars, Joe immediately ran out to get them. Oh. <laughs> he was like, oh, I have to read this. <laughs> if B says it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially because, like, all of Future State. And she gave it a five star, too. Like, that's yeah. high praise. Because, <laughs> like, like, rare. Like, Yara Floor was a three star for V, and for me, that wasn't enough for me to pick it up. It just doesn't seem like my kind of story. Uh, s- I think it was a four star. You told me it was interesting. It was. It wasn't <laughs> enough for me, though. Okay. And, like, maybe I'll pick up the, the Yara Floor series that Joel Jones is coming out with in March. Maybe that'll be my better intro into her, because I don't like coming in cold to things. I like to have some type of awareness of what's going on. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull off a backstory for her. I think they jumped in with Brazilian Wonder Woman and not a lot else. Mm, yeah. Yeah, over- overall, I mean, like, it seems like a pretty good lineup. But that is not the only new stuff that DC is coming out with. We got hit with some major media news in the past couple weeks. <laughs> Starting us off with the long-awaited vision that is the DCEU, Zack Snyder has bestowed upon his followers the brand new image of his messiah for the Justice League. And before everyone says, no, we already saw Man of Steel, we know who his messiah is, think again, because it is Jared Leto's Joker, dressed up like Jesus Christ. Crown of thorns and all. God, it was... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what the heck is wrong pretentious. <laughs> this is the most try-hard, edgy boy thing he's ever done. And he has done a lot. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I think I, like, saw it at work, put my phone down... And went back to my menial task of deleting orders, because that was more interesting. Zack Snyder is five 12-year-olds in a trench coat. I don't know how he keeps coming up with these horrible, horrible ideas. Uh, All I can think of is now it's kobolds in a trench coat. Thanks, V. There was some tweet I saw, it was like, not everybody can understand Snyder's vision because they can't can't pass instances like this. And they showed a picture (laughs) of Jared Leto's Jesus and Henry Cavill standing in front of the stained glass Jesus in Man of Steel. Did you get the symbolism? Are you smart enough? (laughs) We can understand the symbolism. We just hate it. (laughs) 
I can't wait till like the next one. There's like a giant arrow pointing at one of them, and it just says Jesus. Oh, I'm I'm waiting for him to make Amber Heard look like the Virgin Mary. I'm waiting for it. You think he would do that? Oh my I God. I mean, it's pretty easy. If you're underwater and she's slowly going down, and you have the sun shining on the waters above, oh. making an angelic glow. Oh yeah, she's like holding a yeah. dead Arthur Curry in her arms, uh-huh. like La Pieta. We live in a society, my <laughs> my fellow congregations. Jeez. Three more weeks, guys, and then we can drop our HBO account. I cannot wait to roast this. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this like three times in a row, back to back. Oh my gosh! Like I can smell cringe like so far away, <laughs> and like this is giving off the biggest vibes. I'm so ready. I know you are. Speaking of the DCEU, for those of you who don't know, Flash movie is going to be a thing in 2022. It is already starring Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. It is starring Ben Affleck as Batman. (laughs) It is starring Michael Keaton as Batman. Because this is going to be the time travel paradox thing. Oh, no. They like to go back and find better Batman and ruin them. They announced that back in uh, San Diego this past summer, that Michael Keaton was going to be in it. They just announced Supergirl is going to be making an appearance in the Flash movie. And it is nobody you know. She has very little IMDb roles. Her name is Sasha Kare. She is a Latina actress. And they announced this a couple days ago. The director basically gave her a setup question. In this video, he just looks like he would rather be anywhere but there. Yeah. He looked so tired. He looked so out of it. He was just looking at her with his chin on his hand. He's like, do you want to fly? She's like, yeah, of, of course I want to fly. I love to fly. He's like, okay, well, you're going to need this. And then he pulls out like a Supergirl costume and it has like the same S as Henry Cavill. Oh, and God. so she's going to be appearing in the Flash movie. Now, we do not know if she's going to be playing Carrot Kent, Carrot Danvers, or if she's going to be the gender bent version of Clark. We don't know. It is a possibility we are dealing with multiverses. Overall, with the Flash movie, I just want Ezra Miller gone from being Barry Allen. You mean Mr. I Can't Run? Yes. (laughs) I would love it if they, like, mid-run just changed him into Grant Gustin. What if they just pasted his face like Henry Cavill's mustache? They just pasted it. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Like... I'm going to see the movie just because I want to see Michael Keaton again. That's the only reason they added him in. You know they're going to do to him like what they did to Kevin Conroy in CW. Well, yeah, he's going to be playing an older Batman, so people are thinking that he's going to be um, the same old Bruce Wayne that was in Batman Beyond. So people are thinking that we can get a Terry McGinnis. That's what you thought about Kevin Kevin Conroy. Conroy. And they butchered him. They made him an old angry Batman. Oh, yeah, Kingdom Come Bruce Wayne. And then they killed him brutally. I'm not really excited for this movie. No. I just know that Ezra Miller is no longer going to be The Flash after this. Oh, really? Yeah, because the DCEU is dead. Snyder's vision is being told in three weeks, and then that's it. So they have to kill it all. <laughs> and then who knows what's going to be coming get killed. Yeah. Everybody was miscast except for Wonder Woman. Yeah. I mean, Ben did okay in, like, the first one, but then, like, 
He just looks so tired and out of it yeah. in Justice League. Like, he didn't even know no. where he was going or what was but happening. He had a lot of personal stuff going on at the time. And I think Cavill was also well-picked. It's just direction and writing for him. I mean, if he'd made a single expression in any of his films, maybe... Uh, I mean, The Witcher. You know what? That just proved he should have been Batman. So True. was it yeah. the correct casting? Was it? No, he really should have been Batman. <laughs> We'll I think he out. didn't. He also try out to be Batman or something. I'm not sure. He'd be a great Batman. It would, but also in terms of new movies coming out, there is going to be a Blue Beetle movie that was announced. This one's going to be Jaime Reyes. <gasps> of course, it's not going to be Ted Cord. <laughs> no, because they will not give me the Booster Gold friendship movie I want. Well, that would mean that they have to come out with a Booster Gold movie. They'd have to celebrate another white male. With, with Ted, I you guess he's also You know who I can see as Booster Gold? Ryan Reynolds. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> he would be perfect. Oh my gosh. I would watch the hell out of that. I could just see Skeets, like, roasting him to hell in that yeah. Oh, yeah. whole film. I could see him in the museum, like, looking at all the different artifacts, passing by the Green Lantern ring, and he's like, no. <gasps> <laughs> I could see him, like, getting into all kinds of shenanigans with mm. Ted Cord. Oh, that would be great. Fast Bros. That would be the best movie. But we don't live in the best timeline. I could also actually see Ted Cord being played by... God, I can't think of his name right at the top of my head. Nathan Fillion. That's immediately what I was thinking of. <laughs> I think would be pure and utter wonderful chaos. And it would be great. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Please. I would love that. All right, get that change.org petition going. Let's All do right. It. Do there it. we go. But yes, <laughs> aside from that beautiful masterpiece that could be, we are getting a Jaime Reyes movie, the first Latin uh, lead superhero for DC to get a, a movie. It is being directed by a guy who doesn't really have that many credits, uh, Angel Manuel Soto. Mm. He's done a couple other Latin American movies. And that's about all the information we have right now. This is also getting set to come out in another couple of years. Mm. I like Jaime. I really liked him in Teen Titans. I liked him in Justice League Action. I liked him in Young Justice. I'm curious. We'll see how that plays out. I am looking more forward to that than I am to this new mini animated series coming to HBO Max. (laughs) Aquaman, King of Atlantis. Aquaman Roar. <laughs> it is being produced by the same people who created Thundercats Roar, and I have no idea how this got passed. The animation you're familiar with is familiar to Thundercats Roar. It is familiar to the regular show. It's the balloon animal animation. And yeah. it looks so bad. And the fact that it's the same people that did Thundercats Roar and the fact that Thundercats Roar got cancelled after one season. Like, barely, the season hadn't even finished and it got cancelled. How many times must we teach you, old man? (laughs) We don't want this. It's not good. And, like, they've already released a couple images and it it just looks really bad. Mira has a unibrow for some reason. Aquaman just looks weird. It's not an action hero style it is the derpy self-parodying style yeah and i know people are gonna say oh it's not meant for your age group i understand that i understand that this is probably targeted towards five to seven year olds but at the same time i feel like they could still do a little bit better they have done better with other dc 
shows that were geared towards kids. Mm-hmm. They've done it with the the Lego animated movies that they've come out with. They've done it with Justice League Action, Batman Brave and the Bold. Yeah. Anything and that was used to be on Kids WB, Legion of Superheroes, Crypto to Superdog. At least what I've seen from, like, Thundercats mm-hmm. Roar, if they're going to go along the same sort of line of thinking, Thundercats Roar felt very making fun in a not very pleasant way of the original Thundercats. Yeah. It kind of felt like it was adult humor on a level that very small kids could understand, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, Muse, you said this off camera. You were saying it r- reminds you of Teen Titans Go, that new cartoon that's out now. It does, but I feel like when I saw Teen Titans Go, I was like, oh, this isn't Teen Titans, but at least it's got the original voice cast, and there are mm-hmm. moments in Teen Titans Go where they do act in character. Oh, yeah. And... The show is simply done, and there is potty humor, which I'm not a big fan of. Never was, even as a kid. But there are some comedic moments. I saw the movie. I went to the theaters to see the movie because it was so good. Same. But the The Thundercats roar just seemed like somebody just purposely wanting to shred the series Uh, to its core. I get you. Oh, I had no... I didn't even... (laughs) (laughs) They wanted to just make a mockery of it it's different if you're trying to do like an adult satire of like i think there was like a movie it had drake bell in it and it was like dragonfly disaster movie or the superhero movie superhero movie and it made fun of superheroes but you're not using the ip of superheroes to make fun of your like creating your own mockery Mm -hmm. of them that's different teen titans go has also been super referential and they're not like harsh on them roar just seemed malicious yeah it's like maybe the kids who can't speak yet like that but like (laughs) the people who can rate you on rotten tomatoes don't like that kind of stuff no you don't mess with like a beloved 80s ip like thundercats when you talk about like brave and the bold or uh justice league action Mm -hmm. or teen titans go you have this sort of loving self-referential humor you know, it pokes fun at itself, but it does it in a, out of a place of love that the fans can also get behind and laugh at. Right. So when you look at the Aquaman stuff, it just kind of looks like a really mean caricature mm-hmm. of the things you liked. You're like, oh, this is Mira, the deep sea beauty, that princess that <laughs> is super mm-hmm. powerful and amazing and a role model. Well, we're going to make her real ugly. And we're going to make her kind of crazy looking. I bet she's going to be angry. I just yeah. feel like... Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like they saw her in her original issues where she had, like, anger issues. And they were like, let's make her crazy. And then we're going to have Aquaman. He's going to be real derpy and stupid. He's going to be the lion character. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think he has one other guy with him. One other advisor who is going to help him. Oh, Volko. I mean, just from the images, they're they're just images. It's not a trailer yet, but uh, the response has been overwhelmingly negative online. Yeah. To the surprise of honestly no one. I can't imagine they thought this would get a good reception. Mm. And this is what happens. Like, they're trying to prioritize more of the TV and movie media compared to the actual comic books of these franchises. How do you figure? Well, this is something that they've been saying for the past couple months, including, like, hints from all the different layoffs in the comic book industry. So they are trying to 
focus more on that term of media. I mean, it makes sense since they did cancel the Aquaman title, but now they're going to have an Aquaman TV show, and it's going to be poking fun at Aquaman. Yeah, and even you could tell, like, from the costumes, even though the animation is bad, you could tell that the the outfits they have are very similar to the outfits that Mira and Arthur wore in the Jason Momoa movies. Yep. It could be trying to do a spinoff of, like, the DCEU. But he doesn't look anything like Jason Momoa. No, just a beard and the long hair. Honestly, if they hadn't told me who it was, I wouldn't have even known it was Aquaman. <laughs> it looks bad. But that's it for in terms of, like, media. Getting back into the comic section. Future State Gotham. We thought we were done with Future State. We were wrong. Future State Gotham is coming out in May. It is being written by Joshua Williamson and Dennis Colvier. And the art is by Giannis <laughs> Mio... Milo. Mio- Miloni. <laughs> Gosh, that is... Milono Giannis. <laughs> sure. I practiced this like five times before we were recording. Gosh. It's focusing on Jason Todd, who what? did not show up in Future State. <gasps> Disaster strikes Gotham City and all evidence points to Tim Fox, the next Batman. Jason Todd chooses justice over his family and allies when the magistrate enlists him to bring in the new Batman dead or alive. Featuring the entire cast from the popular DC Future State Batman titles, Future State Gotham begins the next chapter in this inevitable world of tomorrow and does so with this dynamic, noirish format. I think I saw a cover for this. The cover looks awesome. It comes out in May. It's time for people to warm up to the idea. I like how they were like, this is a possible future, and now they're like, this is an inevitable future. Yeah. Ah, there it is. Are we just going to keep Jason in here? Like, Batman Beyond style? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. But in terms of news, that's all I got. So, in terms of the other DC comics that we did not discuss that are coming out next week of March 3rd, V, could you just rattle those few off for me, please? Absolutely. In the Sandman universe, we have The Dreaming, Waking Hours, number 8. We have Man Bat for you, Muse, number 2. We have The Next Batman, Second Son, Chapter 2. That is the digital series that came out from uh, John Ridley. Nice. And we also have Sensational Wonder Woman, number one. That one's going to be written by Stephanie Phillips and uh, Megan Hetrick with Marissa Luis. An all-female creating squad. It already came out digitally, but this is the first printing. Just like the Truth and Justice one from last week. Yep. And Muse, could you please rattle off those Marvel comics that you love so much? (laughs) So we have Avengers number 43. We have Avengers Mech Strike number 2, so the big crazy mech battle series. We have Demon Days X-Men number 1. This is a brand new series. This is one of those, it comes out like once every three months or something series. Unfortunately, it's being completely drawn by Peach Momoko. Most of you probably have known her for a lot of her cover art. Recently, up-and-coming Japanese artist, beautiful art, and it follows Psylocke in some kind of... I'm guessing it's an alternate uh, story. It's a lot like Batman Ninja. Yeah, it's like a Batman Ninja with Psylocke in Japan. And it looks so pretty. Yeah. I pre-ordered it. I'm going to get it. I hope the story's good. We have Hellions number 10. We have King in Black, Captain America number 1. King in Black... Gwenum versus Carnage number three, the King in Black Handbook, King in Black Thunderbolts number three, 
King and Black Wiccan Hulkling number one. Oh, so pumped. I saw previews. <laughs> it's cheesy, quirky, and adorable, and I'm happy. We have Power Pack number four, Runaways 34, and Star Wars The High Republic number three. Just getting horrible reviews. Oh, it is? It's getting maligned completely online. The Star Wars one? Oh, yeah. It sounds like uh, Star Wars uh, accounts have been deleting uh, dislikes and comics (gasps) on their YouTube. But they're still not fast enough to keep up with the (gasps) downvoters. So the downvotes keep changing. They can get rid of dislikes? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why they just didn't copy Gotham High and just disable the voting in the comments should have already. should disable both. Because people are talking in the comment section together about all the things they hate, turning people away from it. Oh my gosh. Uh, and also talking about how they're deleting dislikes, which makes them sound even worse. Yeah. Ooh. Within like the first three hours of like their little talk show thing that they had, there was like 50,000 comments already. Well then. Also guys, as a reminder before we close this out, next week... Even though we're excited comics are back, we will not be covering those. We will be doing a quick wrap-up episode of the second half of Future State that we did not get to discuss with our friend of the show, Jedi Josh. You can find him on YouTube and Twitter, so you can follow him at YouTube, Nerd Chat, Comics and Culture. And you can also follow him on Twitter, at Jedi Josh, capital N, capital C. Wow, the full write-up. He deserves it. He's a good guy. He also twitches like, er. He's kind of a twitchy fellow. He also does a bunch of different uh, Twitch streams almost daily. Yeah. So you can find him there, Jedi Josh underscore NC, where he does Warzone. He does a bunch of Pokemon streams, a bunch of Halo stuff. Really great guy. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Quarter Ballots Podcast. You can follow us at Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Court of Outlets. Let us know which comic you would like us to cover. And make sure to stay up to date with our latest episode by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and everywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.